Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One cable. One Deadpool. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Ravi Dorn, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You hope for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 147. I try, is that, was that, is that the, ca- I hear, I just hear animated X-Men cartoon cable. Mm, it works well enough for me. That, this, I, I, I can't do, um. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I can't do a Ryan Reynolds voice. He doesn't. Yeah, it's hard to. He's, he's very nasally. He is. Yeah. And I'm 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 very not nasally. No, you're the opposite of that. Yes, I have like two or three chest voices. <laughs> can you can you oscillate? I I'm not even sure what that means in this context. I'm but, gonna between, pretend you didn't say it. Between the three different ones. Moving right along. <laughs> 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 hey, handsome rights. This is uh, did I say what episode this is? This is episode one hundred forty-seven. Mm. If, if I didn't mention it, uh, we are reading. I don't, I don't. I don't think you did. Okay, you did well, just then, though. I, I so. did. Now we have we have rectified. It is. Uh, we are reading Lock and Key, the first three volumes for Nerd Boy Book Club. Later on, discussing that. I read it on airplanes. It's a fine, fine place to read things. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, but. Uh, this we're gonna have some talking this this episode about some things that happened this week. Uh oh. There's some things that happened. Multiple things. Uh oh. Uh oh. I didn't notice. You didn't notice, Eric? I think you did notice. We exchanged nope. we exchanged nope. some text messages and, and, and I have I have no memory of this. Correspondence. We we exchanged those things. Uh some other some other stranger. Almost <laughs> me. Uh, we can we can get right to that with the comics we read uh, this past week. It is time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there'll be a mush meter involved for feeling particularly mushy about any one book. Uh, let's just jump straight in the deep end, Eric. <laughs> no, let's let's rip that band aid right <laughs> off. Yep. Uh, we are starting our discussion in Week Floppies this week with DC Rebirth number one, written by Jeff Johns, art by, let, let, let me get a deep breath. Gary Frank, Ethan Van Skyver, more Gary Frank, Ivan Reese, Phil Jimenez, and Gary Frank, Gary Frank, and Ivan Rice, I, I, Ivan Rice. Let's see, what's he got? Colors, Brad Anderson, Jason Wright, more Brad Anderson, Joe Prado, uh, and Ivan Rice, with, let's see, on inks, with hi-fi and colors, Matt Santarelli and ink, and Frank, Gary Frank on inks, my God. Gabe Atayabe and Brad Anderson on colors, uh, and all those more, more of those people on the last bit. Again, Nick Napolitano on letters. Um, okay, I don't, I don't know how. Okay, let's let's separate this. Mm-hmm. As a whole, I you even made this comment, and I think that it is accurate. It feels very much like a DC comic. Yes, it feels correct in the way that. Most new Fifty Two stuff feels a little off, if not completely wrong. Yes, it it feels very much like the DC ethos of you know 
like super powerful beings like struggling against fate. You know, it, it is you know I, I describe you know it's described as like Marvel is what if men were gods and DC is what if gods were men. Mm-hmm. It feels like that, you know, and it in general. I like all that stuff. Uh, I'm I am not sorry to see the new Fifty Two go, whatsoever. Yeah, the bad far outweighs the good. Um, most of the stuff is most of the things that happen in it are forgettable. Like we read almost at least some of almost everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you remember? I remember those Joker stories were really bad. <laughs> I remember like I remember like a t-shirt and jeans. Uh, Superman, I remember Batgirl. Uh, Batgirl, th- th- that was that whole little enclave. That that clique of uh, hipster comic book artists were definitely the high point of the New Fifty Two. I actually, I think Batgirl probably is the biggest achievement. I mean, the, you, you you can't forget Gotham Academy. And, Gotham Academy is also very good. You know, there's a couple of little Midnighter, little, we enjoyed little Midnighter. gems like that. Midnighter, yes. But this feels much like the DC I grew up with. Um, all of that I enjoyed. And I I like its direction. Would you agree, Eric? Mm-hmm. The other thing. The other half. You are you are dancing around it. I how I mean this is a, I, I don't know. This it's been all over the internet. So if you mm-hmm. even if you haven't read this book, I don't know how you've missed it, but it is a I remember I like it was leaked on uh Reddit and I sent it to you and you were like, "Oh, you're funny. This is a, the worst idea ever." How, what what were you what were you thinking in that moment? I was thinking, "Oh, that makes sense. That is a the stupidest thing like and I I I've seen people react like, "Oh, that's awesome." Yeah. I I I disagree. Yes, uh, I disagree. Do you, you want to? Do you want to say what you yeah, disagree yeah, with for those that, who have not read well, it and it, it, are living under rocks? It is. Uh, it is not. I don't know. It, you can certainly, from what you see, you can basically extrapolate that the New Fifty Two is a product of Doctor Manhattan's imagination, mind. Somehow, you know, it's not told. You don't under. You don't see that in this, but it's like Batman finds the pin with the blood on it somehow. In his back cave, but that I mean, there's there's that bit where uh, Pandora gets evaporated, much like Rorschach did. There's there's multiple references to Watchmen, and that is effectively what they're doing. They are making the New Fifty Two a product of Doctor Manhattan's mind, of his powers, which is you know he's basically God. Um, but I I don't know. We I can't. It hurts. Mm-hmm. I can't. I like this direction. I like DC going in a way that might make their books like, you know. Now, when you say direction, you Like, positive. Like, Like not all, every book is dark and grim and, like, Mm -hmm. things where superheroes are superheroes, where not every book looks the same. That's what I'm hoping for. And it is, this is not the thesis that the New 52 books were. This is, seems to be in a different direction. Which is different than New Fifty Two. I am okay for, but building it on the foundation of Watchmen is—I just don't know how to take that in. Like Watchmen is a singular accomplishment, one of the best comics ever made. It both in 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 tone, in theme, in construction, in in just simple mechanics of of like the medium. We discussed it for two hours. We did, and we probably could do more. Uh, and it should not be attached to the DC. Like, 
I didn't like that they made those before Watchmen comics. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really necessarily change that. That like Watchmen still existed, and I could just ignore them. But now I I don't know how intrinsically they're going to be locked into the new DC Comics universe. I don't want to have to see Batman talk. To, I don't want to see them interact. I don't want like that is missing the point of what Watchmen was entirely to attach it to this the DC properties. Like it's baffling to me like it feels like they pulled a ripcord and the only shoot they had left was the watchman you know like hey we have watchman still right we mm-hmm. still have the rights to that we have no other how do we get out of the new 52 oh let's just throw that out there people like that comic and i i i just don't like i'm not ever i don't see myself ever thinking that this is good any at any time where i see watchman connected to the new to the dc universe what you how do you feel there i feel like you agree with me but i'm not positive i it's hard for me to really um express it in words (laughs) and i i can't i can't just roll my eyes for three hours on a podcast so doesn't come through no something is lost there you know the nuance it's not a good idea. You know, someone was some 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 jerk off is like, we still own this. We need to make more money on it by ruining everything. This is this is this is why non-creative people need to stop making these kind of decisions. And I don't know, maybe maybe this was a writer's decision. I don't do you have any idea if this is more infamous DC editorial nonsense? I don't know. Is this is the, this this I don't... this this feels like a um, an executive decision? You know, this is sitting around. We we don't like New Fifty Two. We want to end it. We want to incorporate these characters to try and start you know making money on this property. I don't know. The inclusion of Midnighter and Wildstorm is is fun. Who knows what this is going to be? It it will make so little sense. We'll. I'm sure at some point we'll be reading, we'll we'll be reading the Doctor Manhattan versus Superman comic. Oh, that just that. Yep. Just, I don't. I don't want. I can't. It. It just. You don't need to. You, this didn't need to happen. And it, I don't know about the editorial thing. I have no idea. Uh, Jeff Johns wrote this comic. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm kind of ambivalent towards Jeff Johns in general. He's okay. He's talented, but mo- a lot, most of the stuff he writes, I don't really enjoy personally, but I, he's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people like him, and he's a skilled comic book writer. You know, he can mm-hmm. put together a comic book well. Um, I don't know if someone went to him and said, okay, we're gonna, you, we need to reboot New 52. It's obviously on its last legs, but we want you to include Watchmen properties in there. And this, I mean, if someone told me that, that is, this is probably exactly what I would include. You know, I'd go, Dr. Manhattan did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, I, I, like, I find myself already thinking, like, okay, will I, can I enjoy a DC universe where maybe the comics and the universe is a better thing? You know, a more positive direction? Less Superman with no trunks and, you know, like, I don't know, like, a happier DC universe? Less maimings. Can I still? Can I? Can I like compartmentalize the Watchmen stuff away from it? We will see how it goes. Yeah. How they fare with it. Yeah. It, 
work in progress, I guess. But are you a buy on this? Uh, (laughs) yeah, that's hard. That's hard for me to say. Yes. Because I think like this is, this is kind of the book that you, you, you probably need to read it. You know, this is, this is the, you, you need to take, you need to spend $5 on a train wreck. It was only three. Oh, was it three? There, strangely, this is another thing they announced this week. It makes no sense at all. This was three dollars, which yes. is for uh, eighty pages. You know, it's a huge book for three dollars. But the second printing is going to be six. I, I that's don't know. really strange. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, and and it's also strange that the book that's supposedly like doing a soft reboot of your universe, the and it's ostensibly going to bring in new readers. It begins with an editor's, editor's note that you need to read these two comics before you can even read this comic, which you don't need to. There's comics. I got it without reading those comics. I think it's not that complicated. <laughs> this, it's about Wally West. Wally West ain't in any other comics. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a buy. I'll say, I'll say I'm a buy. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's about where I'm, where I'm at. I can't even throw any mush in it because I just think you need to read it. You need to witness it. You need to buy this book and be sad like I am. <sighs> okay, so that's a double buy on Rebirth number one. The saddest double buy yeah. you'll ever hear. Maybe maybe the, the Watchmen stuff will just quickly get blown away, and then we'll just get good DC comics. I think you're really giving DC too much credit. Come on, come on, you can do it right here. We're, we we are going it. to see... We're going to see 12 new titles based on Watchmen characters where they all fight Superman. Are you, are you trying to make me cry? Yes. <laughs> you really do sound sad. That's so depressing. Okay. Our next uh, in- crazy... Uh, They're going to lock the comedian in the negative zone. Stop, please. You're... <laughs> it's really... It's really... I don't. It's so... <laughs> Oh, that just the thought of that those words in sequence makes me angry. I can't. It should. It really should. It's gross. It I like when I read when I read that leak, I was like, "This is horrible. This is a terrible idea." Of course, they're going to do it. <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind that it was, that was a true thing. Oh yeah, I, I I was like, "This is absolutely true. There is zero chance that this is not happening." And then there it was. There's that panel, with Batman. That's stupid. That's the and that's the. Oh, okay. Oh, it's uh, awful. Let's okay. Next, our next book is another thing that blew up on the internet stupidly. Uh, we'll talk about. It <laughs> is the correct way to describe it. Steve Rogers, Captain America, number one, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Saez, 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 one of the other. Uh, letters by Joe Carmagna. Um, uh, again, if you have not been paying attention to comic books for the past week or so uh you that i think that's the only like you've been living in a cave i think that's the only way you would have missed the explosion of anger mostly mm-hmm. about how people are so unhappy hilariously so yeah i it okay so uh this is steve rogers young again de-aged by the by kobik kobik yeah still a bad name uh, I don't know why Sharon Carter now looks like she's 65 or so. Like that, it, she's older, but she's not mm-hmm. that old, is she? 
She doesn't look 65. I don't know. She looks... She looks like she's 50. Yeah, I, in which I thought she was like 30-something. So who is she? Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. The, yeah. His girlfriend. Okay. I didn't think she was... I mean, I I got that it was his girlfriend. I just... Have, I don't think I've read any books with this relationship, even... And if, if I did, I just completely ignored it. it well, Captain America loves his country and his country first. Um... Mm. Well, in the, in the final page, this book in and of itself is, is well written and, and kind of, ex- it, for mostly is exploring how a, uh, a terrorist becomes a terrorist, you know? Mm-hmm. That part with Red Skull at the rally and that speech that he gives, mm-hmm. I am going to remember that for the rest of my life. That part gave me chills. It's really good. It's incredibly good. It feels like Donald Trump could be saying all that stuff. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I just want to, I'm sure there's a lot of research that went into that. It's like, it, it, this is a really well done comic. It is. It, it's thoroughly, thoroughly good. Uh, it, it ends. And I agree with you. I, I think that should be said first. This is a good comic. It ends with Captain America saying, Hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. And looking angry and mean. Uh, many people got very angry that this could even that this i don't know if they've ever read it i one i don't think most of the people are angry are reading these comic books no i am almost positive that no one is reading this book that people are just making memes about it which, which are, are funny i i know i laugh my ass off at those memes did you see the one with terry bogard that i shared i did i don't care if you're okay I I I I think all the memes are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're I, quite funny. I think that time travel theory. I have reread it since I was told, yes. I was, and it makes a lot of sense because of the the lady's name. The Hydra lady in the in the past has the name Sin in her name, and I'm inclined to believe that that is what is happening. And it's just, uh, but even like even before I got that clued into me. There's a million ways. It, people, like, the other mm-hmm. thing that was posted this week is, like, cl- like uh, panels from, like, 60s Cap comics with him, like, saluting Red Skull back in the day. Yep. And, yeah, it's not, like, that crazy. Like, there's either he could be brainwashed or he could be trying to secretly be a part, like, get secret himself inside the org. Like, there's a, dil- a billion different ways. You, it is, a, like, we, I, we, we kind of caution against judging a comic book before it has established itself really and what's going on last week and the comic book I don't really in the Civil War two thing, which I don't really want to like, but can at least appreciate the skill. But this book is this is one issue of a really well written comic book mm-hmm. uh that I I just don't understand the anger. Like I, I think honestly it just became the headline and then people just got angry about like it was like a encapsulated statement that now Captain America is a Hydra agent. I'm like, well, no. It is one issue of a larger story that may take years to play out. Maybe just wait? Mm-hmm. Ah, it's frustrating. No, people people don't think or investigate because that requires effort. You can just become angry very easily. You don't even have to do anything. You just <laughs> do it on you just do it on your own. <laughs> um I, but I re- like and you, we see this the the story of how that 
that guy in the that becomes a that becomes that suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a, a really like a compelling little story within this comic. But then mm-hmm. if if you tell that same story with Steve Rogers, yeah, in an alternate history kind of like here is how what would have happened. Like that is even more compelling. That it makes it even more interesting. And I this is a very good comic, and I want to read more. I'm not. A, it's comic books. He will be. He's gonna be Steve Rogers, Captain America, normal Captain America eventually. It's, it's come on, guys. Marvel's not letting Captain America be Hydra for for the for the rest of time. They saw Superior Spider-Man. Wasn't they saw how good that sold? I'm a, I'm a, Jim Jim Zub compared this directly to Superior Spider-Man. I I can see the comparison. Mm-hmm. I see it too. I think I like this already more. Me too. I agree with you. Because I, f- I feel like this is, I don't know, maybe we need to reread Superior Spider-Man and maybe it's a, maybe it ties so directly into audience, but I feel like this is saying something true to what is fundamental about Captain America. This is, this is saying the right thing. This is shaking it up in the right way. Yeah. I, yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't believe the yeah. the haters. They and want and I well, I don't I like I feel like this is the stupidest thing to say in the world. But people are sending death threats to Nick Spencer. Don't do that. That's the that's awful. Yeah, Nick Spencer's amazing. Like it's it, don't do ugh, people are bad. Don't do mm-hmm. those things. I'm sure they're they'll be like, oh man, I'm not gonna do bad stuff anymore. Yep, I told him. I told him right, yeah. Eric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like, "Thank you, Robbie. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. I uh, will." Can I ask you a question real quick here? It's a little bit off topic, but quite question away. I saw a tweet. I there was many. It's internet. There are many angry people this week about many different things. Uh, but I saw a tweet that made kind of sense to me. I'm like, how many? How many of this anger and rage and death threats and stuff? How many of those people do you think are adolescents, like younger than eighteen? That's a good question. I would imagine not many. I'm not sure myself. I don't know, but I feels like I try and like that's I, it's a thing I think of myself a lot. I'm like whenever there, I see a lot of anger, I'm like I wonder if that's like a 14 year old boy hiding mm-hmm. behind some internet thing, you know, hiding behind a fake avatar or something on Twitter or whatever. Because if you're confronted by a 14 year old kid in life and he told you an opinion about something, you go, you don't know anything. You're 14 years old. Yeah. But if you do, if he does it online, and it could be anybody, mm-hmm. it suddenly becomes more credible. It well, it becomes yeah, it becomes scarier. That yeah, like I'm gonna kill you and rape your mother. Oh, this person's probably twelve feet tall and has chainsaws for arms. I mean, that's that's a thing, right? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, they do that now. Science, so, science, double by on Steve Rogers, Captain America number one, Hail Hydra, Hail Hydra. We've also been replaced. Yep, Hail Hydra. We're we're, we're sleeper agents for <laughs> Nick Spencer. That's well the. The, our our triggers were was Captain America saying Hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. Uh, Did you see they? Oh God, who's it? Who's the? It's not uh, Major Maple Leaf or something like that. Who's the Canadian superhero? He's like Captain Britain, but for Canada. Isn't there such a thing? There was Guardian, but I don't know. Yeah. It it showed some guy that looked like Captain Britain, but for Canada. Okay. And it did the it was the the Steve Rogers meme, and it said, "I'm not sorry." That's <laughs> <laughs> another one of my favorites. It's pretty good. It's delight. It's just it's delectable. <laughs> Our uh, next comic book is Nighthawk number one. 
Written by David F. Walker, art Ramon Villalobos, colors Tamara Bonvillon, letters Joe Caramagna, production design Carlos Lau. Um, I, I don't know any. I didn't know. I don't know anything about Nighthawk. I think he was a pre-existing character before this, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about him. Um, apparently he is a guy that murders people. Yeah, a lot of them. He's. Uh, I can't wait for. I can't wait for him to fight Rorschach. He's like. I guess he's, he's a Marvel character, so I'm being an idiot. Yeah, well, but matter. who knows? <laughs> it is he is like Black Tony Stark, but murder guy, like yeah, like more like he is, ruthless. He's a, yeah, he's he's like yeah, he, he's he is exactly Rorschach, and that he'll just fucking murder a guy or a shitload of guys, and then also not sleep. So he's angry murder Batman. Yeah, kinda. In Chicago. Um mm-hmm. and we're the villain is I guess split between there's a superhero type, like a villain, supervillain type mm-hmm. evil guy, but then there's also like real estate magnet gentrification man, uh, who wants to tear down you know, stuff in parts of Chicago and build up condos and stuff. Um then there's Mask Man who's literally making dude eat his wife's fingers. Which It's pretty icky. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's a that's a gross thing. Um and if you want me to not like gentrification, man, you're gonna have to make him do a lot worse because I just, I I like him a lot more than I like uh, Ladyfingers, man, mask guy. Um, I don't know how to feel about this comic. I like Ramon. Mm. I like Ramon via via Lobos. I like his art. I like his style. I feel like there's stuff in this book I do like, but then it, like I think it's thematically it's just very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't read it as, I guess it's easy enough to see it as that. Like, it's kind of, maybe it's not sure what it's trying to say or what it's trying to go for. It's, it is different. I don't know. I enjoy it. it. I think it's, I I think so. Okay. It's, it makes me think of Midnighter a little bit. Yeah. And that he is incredibly um, sadistic. Yeah. And incredibly violent. I don't know. It's I, I think I think my main complaint, and it's something you talk about a lot, is giving your main character a flaw. And we're like he seems to be like too perfect. Like mm-hmm. he's too like he's like tough and he's rich and he sticks up for the people like in his neighborhoods and the neighborhoods he at least is trying to protect. Mm-hmm. And I don't like maybe his anger is that yeah his his flaw is that he's psychotic he's angry really I don't rage that, yeah, that doesn't really that doesn't really make him an interesting character i mean i that that mass dude at the end is really gross and like i certainly want him to but i'm like a super mushy bi i would say hmm. super like four okay i'd say i can't disagree with that and you know, as reading this, I felt like we would pretty much land in the same spot on this. I think this kind of pushes both of our buttons in just the sort of right way. Yeah, I, I, um, I think I struggle with this one as well. It's complicated, and I think that there's enough good here to see through a couple more issues. Yeah, I think so. For all the reasons you just said, the Via Lobos art is um, it's pretty well on point. You know, it gives this book a lot of character. Yes. Um, 
I think four is right is just about right on the mush meter. Okay. So I think I think you've given it a name. I I, I feel like I just have to agree with you at this point. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I you know I can't argue to agree with me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm I, I can't think about anything else. I'm just too excited about um um you know Superman versus Doctor Manhattan. I hate you so much. Uh, that is double buy on Nighthawk number one with a mush meter of four out of five. Um, we'll we'll check in. We'll see how it goes. Uh, our next book is Miss Marvel, number seven, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Adrian Alfana, Ian Herring on colors, Joe Carragher on letters. Uh, with <laughs> I, I, we haven't read Miss Marvel in a while, so I thought we'd check in. And it has the Road to Civil War two up on the top of it, like, but it honestly is very little to do with this comic book. There's like a coda at the end that I guess ties in to Civil War with the Medusa. We're like looking at Medusa and the one of those uh, one of the humans mm-hmm. that we saw at the end of the that Zero issue. But um, mostly this is a battle between Kamala and Miles Morales's science fair teams. Um, it's awesome. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. They they make a a shark float in the air. That it's pretty cool. They do that. Um. And this is the, and I picked a good issue, I guess, for us to jump back in because uh, with Alfana on art, he hasn't been doing the art for this, I guess, uh, in the last few issues. But he is, when I think of Miss Marvel, he his art is what I think of. And just this shark in a bubble and Sky Shark. I should get, we should get the name. Mm-hmm. It's important. And then you would think that maybe if these high school students are like solving the world's energy problems, maybe we could get some of that to the, necessary people mm. energy crises are not really what they dwell on in comics much oh that's true <laughs> it's more about uh like yeah miles and and kamala like kind of looking at each other with like like angry but like star eyes at those, the same those, time. those those knowing glances yeah i don't know like i i i think it's understood that you should buy every every issue of miss marvel um but this is just keeps it's still good. It's still really like it is like a little tiny like a what was it bottle bottle story? You know, it's you know self-contained one shot. If you're looking for a tie into Civil War, you don't need to read this. That's not like that. There's almost nothing about it in here, but the issue itself is very fun. Um, with so I don't know. Buy seems just dumb, but yeah, like yeah, buy this. Of course, I like that. What's his name is still dating the blue-haired chubby girl. Yeah. She acts exactly like every girl that I've ever known that like looks like that. I don't know. She hugs him and she goes meep. <laughs> I did. Yes, that's that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um. No, no one should buy or read uh anything with Kamala Khan on it. Um. Hail Hydra. <laughs> this, book is, <laughs> this book is amazing. It's you. You should definitely read it. You should. You should definitely read it. Yeah, Double by Miss Marvel number seven. Finally, our last book is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Hunt, well, Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas number one, adapted by Troy Little, designed by Troy Little, Chris Ross, and Robbie Robbins. Proofreading by Zach Boone, edited by Ted Adams and Denton J. Tipton. Tipton. But it's Troy Little for the most part. Um, have you seen that? Have you seen this movie? I have seen this movie. Have you read the book? I have not. I kind of want to after reading this. Have you read any Hunter S. Thompson? I had a copy of some of his sports writing, of all things. Um, it's one of the last books he did before he killed himself. 
I started reading, uh, I don't know, a couple of years before he killed himself. I don't know. He is an interesting person. I think the best part of Hunter S. Thompson is uh, his inspiration for Spider Jerusalem. Yeah, yes. Um, but but I, I, I do like the way he writes. He is an interesting character. I kind of hate the, um, the cult of personality of people that are obsessed with him particularly since he's been dead for so long it's a little it's a little annoying you know people that are i don't know like draw a picture of hunter s thompson it's like it's like being obsessed with kerouac or something you know what i mean i know that i was a lit major i yeah i i have met those people mm. well i mean i think i think all of us have that's they're, true they're they're a little insufferable i i think this is a very like honestly this is the perfect, like, if you're going to adapt a novel or, a, you know, into a comic, mm-hmm. this is kind of the perfect thing to do. Yeah, well, is- every, char- every character in it is a cartoon character. Yes, exactly. And you can, and with all the hallucinogenic drugs and, like, the colorful kind of, the way Hunter S. Thompson wrote and described things, and you can, this is a story you can easily make into a, a good comic book. Uh, is really, really, it, I don't know. I don't. I hesitate to call it fun, I, but it's fun, I guess. I don't know what other word to use. It, it you know, it's about these two maniacs like mm-hmm. doing drugs and just going like doing insane things and losing their minds. Uh, but it like the the comic looks really nice. Um, and it tells the story really well. I don't know. I'm I'm by. I this is mm-hmm. a real like I would like the trade of this to own. Yeah. It's um I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, same here. This is um it's charming and well drawn and fun and manages not to be insufferable. I mean Hunt, I I really do like the way Hunter Thompson writes. He really did uh, I don't know. He was an interesting person. Certainly that. Yeah, no two ways about that. So double, so, yeah. double buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fear and loathing in Las Vegas, number one. Um, surprisingly enough, I did not read anything else this week. Uh, well, Twitter. I, well, I, you'll. I did read other things, but it was not a comic book. Um, is that a segue? Not. Well, I mean, do like, I do I detect a segue? I, well, I was going to ask if you had read any other comics this week. That answer is, I think, no. Okay, you think. I've I read a hundred thousand other comics this week. Whoa! Hail Hydra. <laughs> that would be the title of this episode if we still did that. It would definitely be Hail Hydra. Uh, but yeah, we can. It's a good enough segue. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. You know, if we read anything, played anything, seen anything, all those things. You you want to what you got, Eric? Or you want me to go first? Ah, uh, doesn't matter to me. What you got I then? Can, I I can go. Well, I went to a little thing called MegaCon. Oh, Mega Convention. Mega Convention. How was that? It was fun. You know, I got to. What day did you go? Saturday. Uh, I went Saturday. It was not. Well, I wasn't. I. It was not as crowded as you might be led to believe. Okay. But it was. It had. There were a few people. <laughs> I got to meet a lot of um, a lot of a lot of really neat artists. Bought some. Did not buy as much art this year. It seemed 
as in years past, which is, you know, thank God for that. <laughs> yes. I'm spending less money, but I still met a lot of really cool people. Um, a trend that I think is really interesting is there's like a bunch of artists from like California. I don't know why I want to say they're from LA, but they're certainly from California and they traveled, uh, they traveled up together. The one that I remember meeting specifically, I haven't done the homework of Googling and following all these people, but I do remember Justin Orr uh, very well. Uh, if you Google Justin Orr, you'll get to justscope.com, spelled like J-U-S, and then scope, like a, a rifle scope. Oh, that's neat. But he's a he's a really fun illustrator, just one of the coolest dudes. I, like, we talked for probably 20 minutes. The first thing you know, on his DeviantArt page is Dusty Rhodes, so oh, yeah. I'm on that board. Was, that was one of the things we talked about, and he talked about how that was one of his favorite uh, eras of, of wrestling was particularly that that era dusty and i i complimented him on that and like well you know you've you've got prints of you know hip-hop because he had do, do you see his uh his nwa print it's really cool i do see it it is really i like his his style is really good i really like yeah. it so i almost bought you the uh the louis but i decided fuck you i don't want to <laughs> yeah it looks like the Dusty Rhodes is one of the things he did most recently, but he's he's got some really rad stuff. He was a very cool guy. I saw prints of almost all these in person. He gave me a free print. Um, I got to finally sit and talk to and and someone I've known on the internet for a decade, uh, Christian Bailey. I have been a closet fan of hers for many many years. Um, who else? I talked to Victoria Gedvias again. I think is her last name. I I don't know. She is a a, a delightful illustrator, very talented. I bought. Uh, she actually sold out of. I wanted to buy her book, which she sold out of. But I bought a really cute um, print of uh, Jubilee. I thought it was really adorable. But um, who, who else? I, I got to meet Mr. Abraham Lopez again. Do you remember artist Abe? I get to I got to I got to buy his second his second print book, which was fun. I talked to um Joe Joe Dragunius again. Joe Dragunus, excuse me. I even got to run into um my friend uh, what is what is John's last name? I always forget it. Yeah, John Perry. Goes by Juggling Dino. He does um uh, a fairly popular Tumblr comic called Mantis and Cicada that you should probably check out, but he, I bought a copy of his book. Th this is someone who is uh, a Tampa local, and he's I, I met him at uh, at my drawing club, but he was tabling at MegaCon. But it was it was really fun, you know, spending a lot of time with these people, and did not really do things like talk to Greg Capullo or. I, I thought about talking to uh, Adam Hughes again, but mm, mostly just spent talking to the indie artists and visiting old friends and eating Papa John's. So it was it was a day at MegaCon. And it did, was exhausting. Did you catch sight of Frank Miller at any point? I did not. Um, or pay the one thousand dollars that the VIP package costs. Is it really a thousand dollars? That's nuts. It sold out. I remember the day it was announced, it sold out within like an hour. That doesn't surprise me, but why? 
What? Wh- why? I mean, I. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> I did not do that. I I talked to wisely working illustrators, people <laughs> that that, and and I don't want to say that you know, like it's not like I have no respect for Capullo or something like that. But I, these people are working just as hard and are just as talented and. I just enjoy talking about illustration with them. I, I I live for this shit. You every time that I attend a convention with you, I just assume you go straight. You basically go straight to Artist Alley and then just kind of hang out there. Yeah. The entire day. Oh yeah. Which you know it is the best part of pretty much most cons. Yeah. I, not everyone thinks that. I, mean, I, I yes. I I mean I realize that is not the part that gets most people in the door. At least the average person, but I, you know, it's the part I enjoy the most generally. Well, I mean, it's got more depth. I mean, you're not going to have a good conversation. I mean, maybe if, like, you're super into cosplay and making costumes and stuff, Mm -hmm. maybe some of the professional cosplayers would be a good conversation, but that it just seems like they're mostly just models anyway. I mean, they might be passionate about it. I know Yaya Han is. But she's, I don't know, she would be a pretty badass person. I, I don't know. She's shes pretty rad. I have little to no feelings about the other ones. They just seem like softcore porn models at this point. But, yeah, like you're going to, what conversation are you going to have with Tom Felton in, in a line with like 200 people behind you? Yeah. It's not a great experience. No, it would have to. That's the... The list of celebrities that I could meet that would mean something to me are very, it's a very small list. Mm-hmm. And they're very rarely at the comic was, book convention. Was, was one of them Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Um, more than Tom Felton. More than Tom Felton. I mean, I, I have great nostalgia for like shouting ho, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was a child at, at Hacksaw Jim Duggan, that big dumb goofball. He was he's certainly a big dumb goofball. But I would, I mean, he was super nice, and I, I respect what he, all the work he's done in his life, way more than any of those people that are in the celebrities generally, all those Walking Dead actors or Harry Potter or whatever. Doctor, mm-hmm. the Doctors Who. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to the Tampa Bay MegaCon? Uh, October. As long as it doesn't, you know, I think that might be when I'm in. Uh, wow. Some thunder over here. Oh no, no, I thought I didn't realize that was weather. It's amazing. Um, as long as it doesn't affect my, affect my trip to uh, Germany, because I am going to Germany this year, I will probably go because it is in my backyard. And if I can if I can make an excuse to talk about illustration with people, I'm going to do it. I I cannot think of anything that excites me more. Um. Yep. Just checked. You. Yep. That's you. Yep. That's 100 in character. Mm-hmm. Not. You are, if you are indeed a Hydra agent, it is indeed you that is a Hydra agent. <laughs> Hail Hydra. <laughs> Eric. Yes. I want. I need to talk about Overwatch. Do you? I, yes. I have more stuff I can talk okay. about. You can, I, I go, can, you look- I can, I, I can leave it by the wayside. This has gone pretty long, and I think I've, I've actually cut it short. There's a couple of artists that and, well, I, if I did not talk about. If there's anyone else you want to mention. Mm, that's basically all I can remember off the top of my head. I did not buy as much art. I think the there were fewer interactions and conversations, but it seemed like they were deeper 
deeper conversations, like really, really felt like good connections. So, the, you know, the next time they see me at a con, they're like, hey, you're the, you were that loud guy in the cowboy hat. And I'm like, yeah, still am. <laughs> still. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I did kind of want to tell you a little bit about what I went to last night. Oh, okay. Ooh, yes. The hell raising. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fun. You know, I, I met up with a friend of mine, another, another illustrator, a very angsty, pensive illustrator. I watched him angrily smoke cigarettes part of the night, but it was fun to get and get to talk, uh, talk to him. I think I realized that there's something emotionally I need where I need, like in my friendships, my male friendships, to just be openly antagonistic. He's very much that. He's <laughs> a fucking huge antagonist. It's so ridiculous. Um, but we, we went to the castle, the, the infamous castle in Ybor City. You obviously know about it. I do. Yeah. Goth. Uh, it is a, yeah. for those who do not live in Tampa or do not know, it is a goth club. I mean, I think in the grandest terms, I think I can describe mm-hmm. it. Well, they're 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 infamous for being incredibly open minded, and it's a place where just about anything goes. Like n- no one, like y- you can get away with just about anything. Like there's a a guy that haunts it on many nights that is like a sixty five year old man that wears uh, nothing but lingerie. I I have seen this man's balls at um at the castle um but the thing that they had this night was a pool party oh they have a pool that, no they <laughs> do not. but it was it was fun it was weird they they handed out like they are an and encouraged people to bring water guns into it into the place they put a couple of big kiddie pools in and everyone danced and like had gotten splashed each other and it was pretty sexy it was uh it was a pretty good time you know i can't complain too much <laughs> it was a hell of a lot of fun but yeah that's that was what last night was i went to bed at 3 a.m that's and woke up at 7 i think and then took a lot of naps today I, i'm still pretty tired but that's that that is a thing that i did I did not fly to Canada. Oh, I did do that. Yeah. I went to, I, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't going to, I, I, yeah, I went to Canada. I did do that. I went to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. It, it was chilly. What are they, what are they called? Provinces? Provinces. Al, Alberta is the Providence. Province. Province. Province, no D. Whatever. Whatever, damn Canadians. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it a Providence. I'm going to call it pasta. Oh my God. It's a little weird hearing that. Uh, <laughs> it's something I'm gonna have to get over, I guess, because everyone pronounces that way. I believe. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I went there and found a place to live. That's good. It's good that you do not have to live in the woods. You don't have to evolve into a yeti or a moose. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I mean, it's Canada. I don't know, I've never been there before, but now I have. It's much like America. A little nicer. People there are a little nicer. Uh, but I was there for a couple of days, so we'll see. That's certainly something we could use more of. Nicer people, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's a it's a, it's a good it's a good thing. I don't. I'm... Not, niceness is a, is a good idea. Not overrated in most situations. Nope. But I need. I mentioned I need oh, Overwatch. Eric, mm-hmm. Overwatch is out. It is out. Came out Tuesday. Six six days ago. Mon- well, Monday evening, honestly, actually, because it was midnight GMT. Yes. Uh. 
that is a very good video game. I I'm not I'm not surprised. I can't stop thinking about it. When I'm not playing it, I still think about it. You know that thing about how Blizzard all they do is like take a pre-existing idea and then like make it better and like a great game and very polished and full of character. That that yes, I want you need to buy this so we can play it together. I probably do need to do that. Uh, it do you is, know I try? I tried to buy Doom. You did? What happened? Uh, Steam was just like, nope. What? Yeah, it literally would not let me buy Doom. I think the store was having problems that day. Oh, okay. Yeah. At least it was having problems connecting to me. Oh. Um, it made me very unhappy. Overwatch. Have you ever played? Do you ever play Team Fortress Two? Actually, I have literally never played Team Fortress. Okay. Um. Do you understand it though? Like what it is? I, I I get the idea that there are lots of different player classes, and it is like a capture the flag game, or there are probably other modes of play. But yeah, that it, it's team based combat, and people have different roles, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Overwatch is that, except there's like twenty five characters or something, mm-hmm. and they're all incredibly unique, play mm-hmm. incredibly different. Uh, you don't have to be super like twitchy, excellent first-person shooter to be useful or good. Like there are, uh, there's a character for you regardless of your skill level. Like, and they make all of them fun. Like there is the giant. Hey, you want to be like a giant gorilla that leaps really high and lands on people? You can be that. You can be like the little Eskimo girl that has an ice gun that freezes people and throws up ice walls. Or you can be the robot that turns into a turret that everyone hates. <laughs> you could be the sniper lady. You could be the side the, the robot ninja with the, the 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 sword that deflects bullets. I there's just every single character is incredibly fun and full of character. Well, they've been teasing the designs and some of the gameplay mechanics for I don't know more than a year now. Yeah. And I remember every time I saw them, I was like, that is a really beautiful piece of art. That is a really nicely designed character. This game looks like it's going to be amazing. So I'm glad that it is amazing. Uh, I, I really don't know what it is about Blizzard that whenever it, it, it seems like they really take their time doing things, but they don't do it halfway. That they really think about this. Like they, we're originally going to make this just like Heroes of the Storm and make it a free-to-play game where you buy characters. But in the development process, they decided to switch it to the older model of what I mean, what it is now. Yeah, that you you pay like a sixty-dollar upfront cost and you get everything. You can get it for forty on PC. Okay. If you don't want that's the actually, ex- that's... extra skins and everything, which you get them just by playing. Like mm-hmm. you unlock loot boxes. Every time you level up, which is probably like every three matches, you level up, uh, and then you get a loot box, which will have, you know, whatever, different skins, different victory poses, different uh, speech things, different sprays. Uh, sprays are not great things, but uh, everything else is neat, and, you know, you you don't have, you can pay for them if you want, uh, but I don't see the need, I mean, yeah, I, but you can. You gotta, you gotta sell virtual hats somehow. It, I mean... They're very good at it, uh, and I assume they're just going to be adding and adding, adding in more and more and more of them. Uh, they're really good. The skins are. They look really cool. Um, but you don't like. I don't not. A, I'm not a person to play multiplayer first person shooters in particular. I like. I haven't played a Call of Duty or a Halo in 
10 years competitively. But this, I play competitively and it's a lot of fun. And even when I lose and, and it doesn't show negative stats, like it only shows the positives and you can't see people like it really, it helps that the negativity and toxicity in a lot of multiplayer games, because even if someone's terrible, you don't, it's not like you see a ranking of like kill death ratio and, oh, you're ninth, so you're bad. You just see like, and like there's even plays of the game, which are great. And there's already a lot of memes based around the play of the game, but they're like the computer figures out like someone who did a cool thing and then shows the highlight at the end. Hmm. And I've had it a couple times and every time it's fun. Like it's like, hey, I mean, I, I didn't think, I thought I did okay, but cool. I got featured. Like, and like, and every time you're like, hey, that was neat. Like, I like that part where that happened. I remember part, that part of the game. But, and there's a, there's a character for everybody. Even the support classes are fun. Like, they, they can, they can make the, it's so good. It's such a good game. And you can get the PC for $40. The Origins Edition is 60 which is on the consoles as well. Uh, but on PC, you can get it for 40 You just have to hunt through Blizzard's website a little bit. I think they want you to buy that $60 one. You should get it, Eric, and play with me. I, I, I will. I've already asked your brother. He did buy it, I thought. Did he? He said, I last time so. I talked to him, he said he, he was waiting. Why would he wait? Loser. He said, said money. I also read another thing by Joe Hill, aside from Lock and Key. What a loser. <laughs> I read a I read a novel of his. I figured... Mm-hmm. It, and it just came out. I figured, you know, reading Lock and Key, I kind of want to see what his novels are like. Um, yeah, I ha- I had a similar thought. And I was going to be on it. Same an, thought? I don't know. I was on airplanes for 16 hours over the past Jeez, four days. Please. So, I had time. And uh, I, I don't, I haven't read his other novels, so I can't speak for all of them. But this one, the newest one, it's called The Fireman. Uh, it is very similar to stuff his father writes. Um, which is not a negative to me. I, Stephen King, I really like pretty much everything he writes. And, but The Fireman is set, it is like a sci-fi horror story. It is set in a small New England town. <laughs> it is, uh, it is a post-apocalyptic, uh, where a, uh, there's a kind of a, let's say a spore, uh, when you are infected by it, it makes you so that you can spontaneously combust. Uh, and you explode, basically, and fire. You are, you become fire. And, uh, then when it, when it spreads and then fires everywhere and bah, disaster and, and, um, it's really good though. It's well written and like, it's just uncanny, like how, I mean, both his father and his mother are similar kind of novelists. So I, I does, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that he is good at it, but, uh, they're, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of people I follow on Facebook and a lot of my friends have read, like, they really like Joe Hill. I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. And like, I, yeah, I like it. It's a good book. It, it also has interesting things to say, like, about otherness and, uh, like, tribalism, which is, I think, the coolest, like, the stuff I got the most out of was, like, the, the kind of what it says about people hmm. and about positivity and tribalism. And I'm not going to give away the plot, but it's, it's a, it's a good book. Um, should read it if you have a chance. You out there? I am out there. You? Well, not you, just you, but uh, the others, the other people listening. Okay, they're probably not going to say anything. I was waiting. Have you read Stephen King, Eric? Um, a little bit. I think it was mostly the uh, the the Dark Tower series, which I never finished. Um, 
But I get a pretty good sense from his movies and those books, what he writes. And I, I'm, I'm interested in talking about this Joe Hill comic because it, I think the parallels are quite obvious. Mm-hmm. What's, we can, we can do that right mm-hmm. this very moment. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club, Nerd Boy Book Club is a part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. You know, um, this week we are doing Lock and Key, volumes one through three by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, this came out, he had written one novel prior to this comic. Uh, and then worked on this comic. What through the first three volumes? What are your first? What are your impressions, Eric? I I have really enjoyed reading these. Um, you know, I I think he does a lot of the things that Stephen King does well. You know, it's like a good good hooks, good likable characters, um, really good sense of suspense. You know, mm-hmm. they're. They're good. They're enjoyable. I was really surprised given, uh, I think the artwork is a little Steve Dillany, particularly in this first book, which I don't really like. I think um, Steve Dillon is a good artist, but it lacks a lot of appeal, and this lacks appeal, particularly in the first book. But you, it, it, you really root for these kids. You really root for every character, you know, and they're not just... They're not like any sort of saccharine, like that. You you find your own reasons for rooting for them, you know. Yeah. They're not. They're complicated, and I I like that. They're complicated and vulnerable. Yes, for sure. They are put through the ringer. Yeah. This, especially the way the book starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah that that got my attention. With people, is their father being murdered? Um, and the, that, the, what's the name of the, the, the oldest son? Um, I never remember his name either. I, I Tyler. do. Is it Tyler? I believe so. Tyler, Ty. Tyler, Kinsey, and Bodie? Bode. Bode. I, it could be Bodie. I don't Who know. knows? I know Bodie is. B-O-B-O-D-E. Yeah, Bode, Bode or Bodie. Bodie's in, uh, that's Patrick Swayze's character in Point Break. It's Bodie. Wow. So, I don't, but but it's spelled differently, so that might be Bode. Um, and but their poor mother, mm-hmm. man. I think honestly, she's she she's a mess. Yeah, and it it and it also it takes place in a small town in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. It it does an excellent job of keeping the good balance of mystery and feeding you enough information to keep you reading. Mm-hmm. It it. I think the the thing we always I think I always immediately jump to is lost like you would get too too much mystery and not of good answers and in this book it does a good job and you're like okay now I know that but why is that and like you as you uncover more and more and more you still get more there's more mystery there and you never I never felt like the answers weren't there like it feels like this place is real and realized you know I never felt like the answers weren't there and he was making them up as he went along. Mm-hmm. I felt like the story is, I'm uncovering it as I read. Well, I do. I'm sure there is a computer in here <laughs> that you have to type shit into. I don't think every I saw. I, minutes. There, I guess there is. That's 
well, there is a computer in this. Dodge doesn't know how to use it. Because he's been asleep. Or it's been asleep, I guess. I don't, it doesn't have a, it switches gender multiple times, so it's hard to say if it has a true gender. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, was originally a man. It was. And then it was yeah. a lady for a while. Then back to a dude. Mm-hmm. Walk through the Tumblr door. <laughs> Tumblr is my go-to joke now, I think. It's, I mean, that's, I was going to, net my next, and my next question was like, how do you like that storytelling, like that mechanic of like the keys and the doors? It is very much like here, a clear, obvious metaphor, mm-hmm. but I don't mind it, you know? Um, it's mildly hokey, but I'm not too bothered by it. In particular, the head mm-hmm. mind door. It creeps me out. <laughs> oh God. Like when that thing keeps appearing on the back of their head, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> well, I I think that it isn't that is intentional. It I mm-hmm. opening no, up, it's really it's a creepy thing. It very it is very much the body horror most body horror part of this so far is the fact that you know you just pop off some tops of their head and then you can reach in and pull stuff out of it. Um, it it is a little like. Like, their last name is Locke, and there's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of keys around. They each do a special thing. It's a very corny, like, I don't know. I guess you gotta call it something. But it doesn't, I never, like, going into that, I go, oh, this is so... But then, the like like you said, you care and you root for these characters, and it makes that stuff not matter. Mm-hmm. It makes the hokiness of the lock and key thing. It, who cares? Because like I re- I want those kids to beat that motherfucker Dodge. I don't. Mm-hmm. He's a good villain. Yeah, he is. Good villain. He has that. that you know, it, it's you want. Oh, you, oh, you slime ball. Oh, you're mm-hmm. terrible. Oh, I hate you. Oh, but he's not perfect. You know, he's not some like perfect mastermind. Makes mistakes. And I like you know it's and and the and the children as well. You know they don't. They never, no one feels like a plot device. No. No, everyone feels, you know, it, it, it feels like the story is natural. I wonder what Joe Hill's relationship is with his father. I think they. This, this story, of course, I mean, being about, uh, like, you know, t- t- a lot of it is Ty's really complicated relationship with his father and him sort of living with that. Or there's a piece of that there. It sort of makes me wonder. I think everybody has a little bit of dad stuff they're dealing with. I wonder about that. He he purposefully chose a pseudonym so that he could, would not be compared to his father. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. Um. Well, I mean, he knew it was inevitable. Oh, of course. So, but he became basically he became successful before it was publicly known. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I I don't know. I don't really know what their relationships what the relationship is. I see them, I see, you know, Stephen King on Twitter or Facebook congratulating us. You know, he's like, oh, you know, this, his book, Fireman, the Fireman just went number one mm-hmm. in the New York Times bestseller list and he congratulated him on there. So, you know, I, I, Stephen King was not always a good person, a uh, long history of addiction and mm-hmm. psychosis through that mm-hmm. because of cocaine uh, addiction. So, I don't know. It is, you can see it a little bit in this thing. Um, do you think the art? You said it looks like Stephen on Volume One. Do you, do you agree? What do you think, Volume Two and Three? Do you think it progresses a little bit? 
I think it does improve it. it I mean, he's never been um, – it's never bad, but I think it's more appealing in two and three, which I think is very important. Um, that's really the big problem with Steve Dillon is his drawings just completely lack appeal. His people are hideous. <laughs> Not true. badly drawn. It's a different thing entirely. Yes. They lack appeal. The man can draw. They just, it's just bleh. And I think he gets away from, you know, his, he injects more appeal in as, as it goes on. I'm interested to see how he progresses through this series because it is, it is very good. It's technically well drawn even from the first book, but I, I mean, I'm looking sort of, I'm right now, I'm looking in the middle of book two mm-hmm. and it's, it's getting quite full and rich and illustrative and the characters look a lot less dylany but it's uh i i i definitely enjoy it um what do you think about uh quentin choir i honestly i i found myself becoming charmed by him <laughs> i forget who he is but i know exactly who you mean yes and he is he is very quentin choiry isn't he he is when was this published 2008 through 2013 was the last of it. It is it like set in the 90s? It's got a very 90s sort of look to it, like the way he looks and the way, oh my God, the, like the the girl with the the dreads and the overalls. What's up with that? I God, I, overalls are coming back. This is the worst. I think it's set in modern day. Mm. I just feel like it just submitted certain things Does there, are there any cell phones in this i think, feel like there are uh it's it'd be weird if there weren't but i can't think of any scenes where you know usually they're used as a macguffin or something it is not, maybe maybe a, not a macguffin but some device in a story it is set in modern it is it is in 2008 the story because yeah. it is the past is 1988 you know the yeah the all that stuff that happens before. I guess that is true. I do remember the 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 parents all were growing up in the eighties. That makes sense. I never even thought about it. And it is very grunt. Like I don't. Know, maybe just it's the Northeast thing. Maybe. I don't know how kids in the Northeast dress, Massachusetts. What do you think about that battle between Giant Man and Shadow Guy? <laughs> I thought that was fucking awesome. It was pretty good, yeah. I, it, it just happened. I was like, I was like sitting in a in a comic shop or not a, a coffee shop, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" <laughs> like getting visibly excited in public about something that I'm reading. It feels so dorky, but I'm like, "Yeah, this is this rules." Well, I it's a very like, yeah, you get them. They finally get the upper hand. Against the Dodge and all, all the machinations and stuff for once. And you're just like, finally! That bastard. They finally win one against him. I don't know. It, it, it ties back. I'm like, you want these, you like these characters. You want them to win. And I, I, do you think it's just a product of like, they've gone through hell, so you want them to be happy? Possibly. I, I think that's a part of it, but I don't know. I, 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 I think that's a good thing. I don't like they. It's never. It never felt like they're being tortured for no reason. Mm-hmm. Man, it is really fun. Yeah. On a night 
just like this. No, that's not good. The wa- the Watchmen somehow become part of the DC universe. <laughs> Can't wait to see Lock and Key versus Batman versus Superman. I that'd be better. I I'd be on board for that before I ever were was with Doctor Manhattan. Hmm. Missing the damn point. It's good old DC. <laughs> Um, this scene with them in the water is amazing. Yeah, it really is. So it's, tense. It really, it's so good. He does seem to have, I think he's got that sort of saccharine treatment of characters too, you know, that it feels like this is going to end up, like they're going to have some bad shit happen to him. It feels like this is going to be like a happy ending. I'm ultimately in in the very Stephen King sort of way. I was gonna say, like, how about we make our predictions, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. You say it's gonna be. What do you mean by a Stephen King sort of way? Uh, my experience with Stephen King is almost schmaltzy. You know, there's there's a resolution that in in most situations gives you, even if it's a horror story. You know, the, the people that you want to win end up winning. Right. Justice. You know? Yeah. Like, it's satisfying that way. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. I would be really surprised if it did not. I think I, I, I agree with your prediction that they're going to see some awful stuff on the way, but they're ultimately going to be successful. But the ending of a lot of Stephen King stories are not necessarily that notion of the good wins. Like in like I don't know. It's hard to get his his career is now like forty years long. So it's no, kinda... it's it's true. All I'm saying is he's not necessarily known for like cathartic, bittersweet endings to stories. That you know, Stephen King's worlds are worlds where good guys can win. I mean, I think like what I think of is the Shawshank Redemption or you know, something like that. You know the. It, you get something satisfying from that. Good guys can win. I think all my all my favorite short stories are the ones where they don't. I think mm-hmm. so. um, but there, there's. I agree that this story feels like it's going that way, but I wouldn't bet on it. Like if if you know, I, I would. There's especially after reading Fireman. It. I don't know the Fireman. The end. It did end in a similar fashion, although there was a, certainly a, a, a price. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, but I'm okay with that if it ended that yeah. way. I, I want the story to go like this. This kind of pulpy horror story doesn't need to be a dark ending. It doesn't have to be a sad ending. Mm-hmm. It can. It is like I read this type of story for like good can triumph over evil. You know, that's kind of what I want out of it a lot of the time. You know, I don't need it to mean something, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this does, like... Uh, do you think it has any, like, deeper theme or anything? Like, it's trying to... A lesson it's trying to teach at all? Do I... Do you see do it? Do I think it has a lesson that it's trying to teach? Yeah, like... God, I, I, I kind of hope not. Yeah, that's what I think, as well. I think that... I, I don't know. I don't like, you know, morality tales and... Ugh. I mean, it can make a thesis, but I, I want... I want a story about characters. Right. You know, that's 
that's that's basically all I want is you know give me good characters, let them explore that character, put them in interesting and compelling situations, and let them work it out. Yeah, and I I think that he does that very well. Yeah, it's a, a very talented and smart writer. Yeah, I agree. I like I, I couldn't put it better myself. It is okay. No, I was. It was. This is lettered by Robbie Robbins, who was who worked on that. Uh, I believe was on that uh, Fear and Loathing book. I think I said that's where I saw that. I said that name, wasn't it? Or was it on the DC book? Was it on Rebirth? Say that again. This is lettered by Robbie Robbins. Key, key lock and key. And mm-hmm. I forget. I said that name somewhere else today. I forget where where I saw it. No, it was. I think it was on the Fear and Loathing book. Mm. Pretty easy to get that information. It is. I'm looking right now. Yep. He worked on the Fear and Loathing book as well. Interesting. There you go. Makes sense. It's both IDW book, so I'm assuming he is a one of the IDW guys, you know, when they need something lettered or worked on. When they need a letterer. They need a letterer. They get a letterer. Yep. I think my only complaint about this, Lovecraft, I don't like that name in that, like, the lock and key stuff, I can that's fine, but when they go, oh, it's the place is... Lovecraft, Massachusetts. I go, oh, okay. I think that's that's kind of the corny part about this is the names. I think it's one of those things you really just have to let go. It didn't bother me. I would have not even thought twice about it if you hadn't said that. But given the fact that the guy's name is Locke and it's about keys, <laughs> I think that's way less forgivable than the Lovecraft Massachusetts thing. I think I don't know. It sets a tone. It's um I don't know, like it's a certain kind of story. You know? Mm-hmm. It it sort of casts itself in that genre, um kind of like a portal story. Yeah. You know? I guess it kind of is. I think all of these sort of big heavy handed corny things it it's kind of sending you that signal not that lovecraft was that kind of fiction but yeah this is kind of like a children's book that's highly inappropriate for children yeah i, I agree <laughs> it's an excellent horror book though excellent mm. horror comic and it shares very much similarity similarities to both the Joe Hill book I read over the weekend and Stephen King's work in general. And, you know, it is that very accessible horror, which has made Stephen King the most, the, like the best selling writer of all time. And Joe Hill is kind of like picking up that legacy, even though I'm sure, not sure if he is comfortable with that, I guess. I don't know. It's un, it's unavoidable. It's a really good comic. I had, I had to make myself stop reading because I was on an airplane. <laughs> I could have kept going. I could have read this whole thing. But yeah. I was like, nah, I can't. I gotta stop. I'll read them when we're supposed to. Anything else you want to talk about, Eric? Not really. Yeah, I think we're we're good for now. We'll see how this thing wraps up. Pretty talked out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the the rest of this. Yeah, see how it goes. Um we are reading uh Lock and Key volumes four through six for next week. Finishing up this story. I'm excited. Eric's excited. You should be excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> can't you hear it? And I just can't hide it. Oh, no. Eric's singing. He likes it so much. Yeah. Uh, but ran along with us. 
next week. I think that'll do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at hbchour. Email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. You can also, of course, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or uh, Google Play Music or Stitcher or pretty much anywhere. Like, you know, we're a podcast. You know how to find, you know how to do the thing with the thing you have. Uh, it really helps us out. It helps new people find the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, just a couple moments of your time and uh, give us five stars. Subscribe. You know, all those good things. You can find me online at on Twitter at Mixmaster Serial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-O. Eric, where can they find you online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as easygoodnight. And my Twitter, where I'm at, Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. So with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.